Hey, what is going on, everybody? So we have a very special guest here today, and he goes by Cat Russell. So, Cat, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How you doing? Dude, I'm doing okay. I'm doing a little okay today. You know, we're having a little iffy feeling with the stomach, but uh, we're here. We're kicking it. I'm excited to talk to you about your project coming up. So, you know, you've been in the space for a little while. Um, we could touch on that if you want to. I feel like the listeners should have a grasp on who you are. But um, if you can, walk us through the name and everything you got coming up, and then we'll we'll dive a little deeper into the project. Yeah, so I have a drop this coming Tuesday, the 24th, and the project's called Trap Geo. It's 10 pieces that I made using two to 250 National Geographic magazines. Uh, and it kind of originated from this idea of trying to make a really hard-hitting Nat Geo collage. Because when I think about National Geographic collages, I think of like landscapes and nature. And I don't think of things like guns, death, like all the stuff that you get from trap music album covers. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, why National Geographic? Is it, I mean, I know you said, you know, you don't see the covers like you do like the rap albums, but, but is there something about National Geographic? Is there a certain year that you like to look at? Is there anything with that? Well, uh, you know, as a collage artist, National Geographics are pretty staple to almost any collage artist. If you ask them what magazines they use, that word will come up. If it doesn't, that's almost a red flag. Uh, so it's just collecting a bunch of physical books and magazines since I do it all analog. I kept getting this larger and larger backlog of Nat Geos and, uh, I have always liked this expression. Um, well, now I got to remember the expression. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but the idea that, you know, if you're putting limiters on what you do, uh, that oftentimes breeds more extra creativity. And so when I started playing around with these ideas of like, let's make some hip hop trap album covers. I liked this idea of, well, why don't we add that limiter of, and I'm only going to use Nat Geo's for it. I mean, that's, it's pretty interesting to me, man, because you posted a picture in our chat the other day. Um, and it was an absolute huge collection of national geographic. And it was only, I think you said two thirds of your collection and bro, just seeing so many lined up. I was like, wow, this dude's really going in right now. Not only that. So, you caught me off guard whenever you said that usually collage artists use National Geographic. I was totally unaware that that is like one of the go-tos for the book to cut out of. Uh, can I ask you, why do you think that is? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been around since, what, the late 1800s, early 1900s. And it's a monthly magazine. So there's just a hundred years of Nat Geo's floating around and they specialized in these are really good photos. These are impressive snapshots of different locations. Um, the, the photographers from Nat Geo often win, you know, photography of the year awards, things like that. And as a collage artist, if you're working in the asset side, like most do, 
you're always looking for something cool to cut out. So I think that's why. I mean, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You have me wanting to like get on eBay and pick me up a Nat Geo book and just look through it to see what I could find in there. Um, I am a fan of magazines, even though I feel they're not as popular uh, in 2023 as, you know, like digital. Uh, but I'm still a big fan. And even whenever I look back, at, I have some old time magazines. I look at the, well, but I guess just the inside and uh, I just find a whole bunch of old crazy stuff. And I'm like, damn, this stuff is wild. So I can only imagine uh, Nat Geo. I've never looked it up. So, but let's let's look forward and talk about the name that you have. So Trap Geo. This will be coming out on which day? Uh, this Tuesday. So the 24th. This Tuesday on the 24th. And now how long have you been working on their pieces? Or can you like, okay, not only how long have you been working on the pieces? Can you like talk us through how many pieces there are? And kind of like the process of what it's like to make these pieces. Because I don't, from what I've seen, I've been on video chat with you. These are not no just couple pieces of paper cut out and glued to paper. You know, these are pretty complicated pieces. And, and I don't think they're no short time at all. So could you walk us through like the process of, of creating and what's put into it? Yeah, so I had done two all National Geographic collages in the past that were in this same style. And then I finally decided I should make a collection of them. Uh, And I guess the process for that and what that entails is first hunting down a couple hundred Nat Geos. And I decided I was just going to use the illustrations in them. And that's why I needed so many is because they're mainly photography. They're not much illustration. Uh, so I went through 200, 250 Nat Geos, and I cut out every illustration from every page of them. And I just made piles. And once I had all those piles, then I started kind of separating them based on size, color, theme, things of that nature. Uh, you know, started actually cutting out in detail the like tinier pieces and making piles there. And once I had that all spread on a 12 foot long table, uh, I kind of went through it and started saying, okay, this is all my assets time to essentially memorize them and start pairing them together so that you can come up with actual concepts and themes, uh, that feel uniform and doesn't feel like how, when people hear the word collage, they often immediately have their brain jump to like when they were in fifth grade and made a collage in class. And they were just like, I'm going to glue an airplane next to a person next to a pile of cash. And there's no real meaning. Um, so trying to make sure I avoid that is a huge part of it. So I think all of that aspect of work took about one to two months. And then once I had a large portion of it, more or less memorized of what it looks like, where it is. Then I started going through and making the 10 pieces. Um, And then after those were finished, I took each piece, I handmade a plexiglass resin case for it, and then made a resin mold and filled it. And each of them have a physical that can accompany the master version. And that is NFC chip paired to the respective NFT. Yo, so for one, that's like next level to me. So I know people 
will hear this and you always have those doubters, naysayers, whatever. There's definitely going to be those people that's like, oh, okay. And like, you know, you have people like Yuga that are doing Dookie Dash and they have like this big game. Look, bro, this isn't some, this is literally Cat Russell in the house doing this by hand on the free time that he gets. Um, I think that's very important that people know that like, bro, you're, you're from what I know, you're just working alone in the house. You're getting yeah, these magazines. Yeah, it's a solo thing. Yeah, a solo thing. You're finding these magazines. You're doing something you enjoy. The collage. Now, you did make a very great point. Um, even whenever I think, I know you. And even whenever I think of collage, I think back to my fifth grade, sixth grade, younger self, just throwing some Elmer's glue on paper and be like, ta-da, you know, like, there we go. We're done. Um, I never really think of how intricate or how complicated, sophisticated it could be. Um until like I see people like yourself do these works. So I, it's very intriguing to me, man. You've really opened my eyes in the world of collaging. For one, didn't didn't even know that there were certain books that people like use or go look after that are better than others. Um, little stuff like that. So I, I definitely want to ask you, why, why collages? Is this something you just landed on? Or is this because you do everything solo? And I mean, you put a lot of work into it. You could have easily tried to take an easier route, but instead you're like, yo, this is what I want to do. This is my niche. I'm, I'm working here. Like, so, so why, why collages? So when I first started making art, it was a somewhat out of necessity, just wanting to fill up free time and prevent idle hands from returning to bad habits I had had. Right. And, I was trying to figure out, you know, what's a good way to do that that has good results. And I tried painting and I sucked at it. And on, I mean, honestly, when I tried collaging at first, I sucked at it. You suck at everything when you first start. But uh, one of my big issues was I'd have these ideas in my head and then I'd be like, oh, that looks sweet. And then by the time I'd paint it and I'd look at the piece of paper, it looked like a kid painting it and it looked nothing like what I wanted. And I was like, how do I make these nice lush textures? How do I get these colors I want? And I suddenly realized like, well, like in this magazine on my desk, that's the color I want. That's the texture I want. Why don't I just start cutting out textures and not really cut out assets like I cut out a car, but just cut out like I cut out this color purple because I want that purple in the piece. Um, so that's where it started. And then from there, uh, you know, many of my peers, they've been doing art their whole life. They went to college for art, uh, and I'm kind of the opposite. So it's, it's like playing catch up. You got to put in your hours and you got to get good at your craft. And the more specialized and niched you hone it, the more you can master that unique item. So that's why you don't really see me doing much painting, why I'm pretty open about the fact that when I sketch these out in advance, my sketches look like stick figures and are awful, because that's not where I put my time and effort. I just focus on practicing with knife, practicing with analog composition, and practice with collage. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes total sense. And I've seen your sketches, and I don't think they're bad by any means, but seeing what you're able to create with the collages versus maybe just doing a random sketch, I would say, you know, the collage is crazy. Um, but it's been so interesting to see 
what you've made because, you know, I, I'm going to call it like it is. I've seen a lot of people in this space, maybe not this space, but I've seen a lot of people in general, just when it comes to a collage piece, it feels like it's just three random things. Like we're like, we rewound back to fifth grade. It's just three things randomly placed on the paper kind of really don't get any sort of anything from it. I'm just like, yeah, that's in, in simple terms, a collage, I guess. Um, but with yours, I mean, you do everything by hand. You go from from step one to the final step by yourself. I do want to ask you, have you ever messed up like towards maybe the end of one of these processes? Have you ever like or has everything been smooth for you so far? Um, no. And there's no control Z like digital. <laughs> I mean, right. uh, Mod Podge is the glue I use because it has a five or ten second like time that you can kind of wiggle stuff and make sure you get it right before it gets too sticky and messes up the paper. But if you're gluing really tiny things, uh, that sometimes just messes up and you just got to build on top of it and try to salvage what you can. Uh, or sometimes like one of the worst things is I'll be cutting something out and I'll be like, well, I don't need that part. And then I go to put it on the paper and it's like an eighth of an inch short. And I can't uncut it and make it bigger. And I've just ruined that piece. Uh, so then I can't use that one asset for what I'm working on. Or I got to like work around a problem I created for myself. Oh, but dude, it happens. I, I can only imagine. Um, I've never done collage. I think it looks amazing. I think it looks fun. But I know the moment I got at it, an X-Acto knife, and I tried to like be precise and I cut my image, I'd be so mad. And I'd be like, you uh, know what? Maybe the yeah, same I, <laughs> but that's no different than like if you draw in pen, the first months you're practicing in pen, you're going to draw outside exactly where you want. And it's like, oh, well, the ink's down. Shit. No, you're right. Exact same thing with a knife. Like if I'm cutting something out and my hand slips and I cut into it. Well, oops, that's it. Wow. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I can say that, that as someone who has dabbled in painting, I definitely put that brush down and I'm like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> that looks like a five-year-old did it. Um, but it's progressing. I'm, I'm progressing. Uh, we're getting further. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll, I don't know what, what we will land on, whether it's just pencil painting. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I could jump into the collage, man. It looks so fun, but I, it, it seems like it's very, what is the word I'm, very timid maybe is the word like you really have to like i remember we were on video chat the other day and you showed me some of the pieces that you were gluing down bro they were so small and i know that you had to cut them not only did you cut them then glue them and then to just make sure that they're all in the right spot bro that has to be like not only time consuming but just so fidgety or something you know yeah, it's a uh, so a lot of my pieces like the one you're talking about that aren't asset based, but I'm just cutting out like little pieces of paper and assembling the image. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those have really thin pieces of paper that may be like an eighth of an inch in width or a sixteenth of an inch in width and like I don't know a half inch long. Uh, and you just get used to like essentially using your knife like chopsticks uh, because like trying to hold that in your fingers and like not ruin it is so hard, but like anything, it's just, you do it enough times. You just get used to like the methods behind it and what works and what doesn't. 
and that's what I was going to, I'm glad you said that because that's what I wanted to ask you. How long have you been doing these collages now overall? Uh, so I started just a little over two years ago. Um, and yeah, at, at first there was, you know, a lot of just trying to put in hours and practice. And I think now I'm kind of at the next stage beyond that, where I have a good foundation behind me. Um, you know, I did dailies for about six months there in late 2021, early 2022. And, you know, at least half of them got thrown away at the end of the daily. Cause I'd sit down and not have a good idea and just flip through books and be like, yeah, let's put these together and then look at it and be like, mm, the composition sucks or like, there's no story or theme here whatsoever. It's just random mess. Uh, but all of those dailies really helped with practicing just like sitting down, being forced to not have the equivalent of writer's block, and doing all the hand motions with the knife, placing of paper and gluing, just all of what is the core functions that I need to just have as instinct and not require effort. Hands down. Consistency is key. I'm a very, very firm believer of consistency is key, especially, I mean, I see it just even with the podcast. Like I'm not someone who has studied any videos besides like, I guess, randomly watching other people's podcasts. Like, I don't know. Um, But just over time, it's like the repetition of doing something and just over and over and over again, you do get the grasp of it and you do slowly, but like I've seen, I mean, hell you take episode one of this podcast versus this episode, dude, this episode is miles, miles better than, than the first one. Just because, I mean, it's been going for so long and I kind of have a better understanding and I feel like that's the same with art. Uh, I mean, I even see it with my own art. Do you feel like, and I feel like this is kind of maybe an obvious answer, but as you continue to do your collaging, as you continue to do everything, you're just, absolutely do nothing but get better as time goes are you ever going to evolve into anything else though or do you think you're going to stick with collaging long term um so i do think that it's getting better and i think the reason why is when people talk about getting into a flow state and how like you know their best art happens in flow state i think flow state comes a lot more natural once you can get into autopilot essentially and you can't be in autopilot unless you're just moving by habit and not really having to like go like, oh yeah, how do I do that again? Because that'll knock you out of it. So I, I think now that I'm actually able to move in that way, that's helped a lot. Uh, as far as growth and whether I'll move beyond collage, uh, I dabble in acrylics here and there. Um, I like playing with spray paint. Uh, I've done a few animations that have been a combination of paint and paper. Uh, it's really a, you know, we'll see type thing. I have a big interest in how pocket watches work. And I've always wanted to play around with building sculptures using all like the tiny gears from pocket watches. If you can't tell, I like playing with like really tiny pieces of paper too. And I liked connects as a kid. So I could see myself getting into that because again, it's that textile using your hands type feeling. Uh, and I grew up doing a lot of woodworking and construction. So I could see, 
you know, if I ever randomly came into a bunch of money and could buy just a ton of pocket watch gears and supplies starting to play more in the physical realm of sculptures. Dude. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting because not only is like collaging, like very small pieces, especially for what you use, but pocket watches, watches in general, anything inside of a watch is just so small and intricate that, I mean, it would be beautiful, whatever you make, but man, that reminds me that um, someone had, had got me a small gift and it was like a uh, Brooklyn Bridge, but it was like these little metal things and you had to build it. Bro, when I tell you that was so hard, I've, I've never just quit on something before totally trying. Bro, no freaking way. Like no freaking way. So I applaud you a lot for working with these little bitty small pieces, bro, because I'm supposed to be taking pliers and bending little pieces and like I bend it too far snaps. And I'm just like, how do people do this? So I definitely salute you on that stuff. And I have to ask you as well, what are you working on right now? So um, now that we have Trap Geo all ready to go, I have a couple other projects that I'm working with the, the same dev company and possibly a different dev. Uh, since I'm a big fan of hiring devs and going one step beyond the just list on your own marketplace. Um, one of the pieces, I can't talk about the dev side of it, but I did just finish it up uh, for Denver and it's a, two foot tall piece that is a nature scene. Um, and almost all the paper is, I don't know, half inch or smaller. So it's got a couple thousand of pieces of paper that it took. It was maybe a 70 to 80 hour project. Holy. Okay. So two things. One, I love that you answered the question the way you did. I, I meant though, what are you, what do you what what do I hear? Do I hear you drawing something right now, or cutting something, or am I oh. just totally going crazy? Oh, I'm I'm a big fidgeter, and uh, you know, like how people like playing with like fidget spinner thingies. Yeah, yeah. I I always have all these exacto knives around the house, and I'm always just kind of twirling them around and like cutting my cuticles on my fingers and cleaning my fingers with them. Just Yo, bad habit. That's perfectly fine. I I was like, you know what I. I think he's working as we do this episode. I'm not sure. No, I'm just this. fidgeting. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, this dude is just always in his zone. You cannot stop him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. But, um, you know, let's talk about and, and it's nice to know that you because uh, that was going to be one of my other questions is what do you have actually going on right now? And you just answered that. And uh, I know we can't talk about too much in on the other side, but uh, it'll help me tie in the trap geo. So the two foot piece for one, that's absurd. Um, the fact that they're all small pieces, I was I, the first thing that immediately came to my mind was, oh, OK, he just took full pages. And no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> it seems like you cut these up, too, and made a big piece. So I'm very interested in seeing this piece. I won't be in Denver, but I'm sure I will be seeing pictures. Um, but I also want to talk to you about the trap geo part where you said, uh, we're going to rewind you, you did the hand resin, I mean, hand casted resin molds, uh, for the trap geo yourself. 
and then you put an NPC chip in them. Can uh, you talk NFC chip? Yeah. NFC. I said NPC. I'm acting like an NPC right now. <laughs> um, uh, NFC chip in there. What, where did that idea come from? Um, I know we've saw it with other people, but what made you want to do that with your trap geo? Um, how does something like that just like come about? Is it just something you throw in there and then you're done? Could you, could you walk us through that little process that you had to do and why? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of the date of when I want to say in October or November of 2021, I did a collab with Soundwaves Photon and I made the physical on three layers of plexiglass and in like in between some of the paper I glued NFC chips and then I mailed him the whole physical and with the chips what he was doing was he was programming them so that when you point your phone camera at the physical your phone camera plays his AR overlay, which was all like changing how it looked and making it wavy. And it also played music that he wrote. Uh, and then we had another chip that he coded so that it also pops up a little link. And if you click the link, it sends you to the NFT. Um, and I really liked that concept of having this physical way to quickly interact with it to find the piece is digital alternative or equivalent. Uh, and I just kind of kept it in the back of my mind for a while. And then with this drop, because this drop is e- each piece has 15 editions uh, and they come in card packs that are randomized. And then there's also one master copy of each one uh, that can be randomly pulled from a card pack. So I wanted it that if you pull the master copy, I'll mail you the physical and the physical will be paired to its digital equal using that chip. Damn. That's dope. So I'm a big fan of physical work. Um, especially whenever it's an NFT that you can claim to get the physical. Cause it's like, yo, I got it on the blockchain and I got it in person. So best of both worlds for me. Um, now have we discussed, I know we said the date, have we discussed the mint price or anything, or are you wanting to keep that a mystery until the day of? No, I've disclosed that. So the mint price is 0.2 ETH. And when you mint, you get a randomized three pack of editions. Uh, each edition is, like I said, sized 15. And we are coding it so that specifically when you mint, you can't get any duplicates. So it's oh. randomized, but you won't get like two or three of the same one. Uh, oh, hell, let's see. And, and that's again why I had to use a custom dev for this. And so it mints on my own website that I created for it. It's on my own special smart contract that could integrate the randomization, the when you click mint, getting three, not one. Uh, and then there's about a one in six chance when you buy a pack that you pull one of the master editions that comes with the physical. That's so awesome. So uh, anyone listening in, I, I definitely encourage if you if you can to check out this drop only. I, I say that because, you know, Kat has been an amazing person. Um, he has an amazing story, uh, you know, and, and his art is just beautiful. Uh, I'm I'm a very big fan of art in general. But whenever it comes to collage art, I just don't feel like there's that many people out there doing it. 
Uh, maybe there is, and I'm just totally blind to it. But on my TL, I, I basically only see cat. Um, but dude, this is I'm I've really enjoyed this talk, and we still got some things to talk about. But it's just interesting to hear like your process and everything that goes into it. Now, let me ask, and apologies if you've already answered this today. Um, how long have you been doing the collage art overall? Did you say two years, three years? Uh, two years, yeah. Two years. So, what were you into art at all before collage making? Like, or did something when I was, happen? Okay, when I was ahead. younger, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in high school, I used to be into art. I used to like to circuit bend musical instruments and build my own electronic musical instruments. Oh, wow. And uh, I did a little bit of graffiti art. And then, you know, in college, I mainly just partied. And after that, I went to law school. And then I was an attorney doing end-of-life health care, and that just took up all my time for a real long time uh, until I was unemployed through most of the pandemic and at a certain point decided, like, you know, I needed to clean up a lot of my bad habits that I had gotten heavy into. Uh, and that meant an extra eight hours of the day free time that I needed to fill. And it was like, it's so soul sucking to just go and apply for job after job and not get it. It it kills your feeling of self-worth. And I had been doing that for about a year. And I just felt like, you know, like what's my purpose if no one will hire me for what I've been trained to do? Like, what am I doing every day waking up and just applying for another job that I feel like I won't get? And so I I just like, you know what, I'm going to just quit doing that. I'm going to be okay with the fact I'm unemployed and every day I'm going to wake up and make a piece of art. And at least that way, at the end of the day, I can look at something tangible and say, I did in fact accomplish this today. This day wasn't a waste. And if I apply for a couple jobs each week anyway, like, great. But I'll at least feel some sense of accomplishment. Uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And that's what brought me back to art was just trying to find something that gave me that sense of purpose uh, and just a feeling of productivity, even if it was at that time a fake productivity. You know, I was a very amateur artist just trying to say, well, at least I did something today. That's good enough. I can go to sleep at night. That's man, cat. You are very inspirational to me, man. Like it, you and the, and the simple fact that you just made me want to create like right now, I just want to be like, all right, yeah, we're done. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to get on the iPad. I'm going to create some art. Like I want to push that stuff out. But I mean, your story, man, is that's why I said earlier, it's super, super like, dope to me because you know i'm i know what you've done and i to just sit there and create bro you ain't lying like as someone i haven't worked in the last three years luckily been blessed enough to be able to do nfts or whatever be web3 but dude you go out there and you apply for jobs over and over and over again you got people telling you i know you're not qualified to do this and it's like bro i can't never be qualified if i never get the opportunity to work here how does this work um just so many things that keep knocking you down and I feel like now in Web3, we kind of have this chance and opportunity to do the things like collage or podcast or, or just creating in general and, and finding a living from it. Would you say that Web3 has 
I don't want to say changed your life overall, but do you feel like it's maybe bettered it in some aspects? So I work a Web3 job over at Block Party. Um, been there a little over a year now, and I really like the overlap that that has with my creative life. Um, and that's why I hunted down that job and searched for that exact job. Uh, so it's been just way less stressful. You know, my old career was end of life healthcare compliance. I would be the one who, when my patients would get denied things like oxygen or baths would be responsible for filing on their behalf. And anytime I messed up an appeal or even if I did a good job on it and the insurance was being strict and denied, I'm like their family would call me and be like, Sylvia can't be bathed anymore. What's happening? And I'd have to deal with that. And that was stressful. Uh, you know, like patients getting denied oxygen and then dying, like their family would call me. Uh, and I, after about eight years of that, I just couldn't do it anymore. And just working in Web3 is so much nicer because this is all product-based. You know, art in many ways is a product. I make it for me. I enjoy making it. But if I mess up a piece of art, no one dies. Like when you compare it, that there's just so much less stress because of that simple fact. Yeah, the severity in your art is not near the same, uh, you know, I guess size as your prior job. But once again, I have to applaud you for that because that is no easy job. Um, I feel working around humans is a very tough thing to do already just because everyone's so unique in their own way. Um, you'll never fully understand the next person beside you, uh, especially whenever you're in situations like you were in and you're just like, man, some of these are out of my control and I still have these families calling me and it's so stressful, bro. When you said eight years, eight years is a long time to do anything. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm very glad that you got out of that because although, um, you know, we need people to do those jobs, it's just not for some people. And I definitely don't feel like it's for you. You have a lot to offer and so do a lot of other people. But with your art, man, I'm glad you're able to get away and, and start showing us as in the world and the NFT space and Web3 what you're able to make. I mean, it's it's super crazy. Uh, and just to hear just like some of the things that you've done or you've been through, bro. This is crazy. This is something I've never known. Um, but, but I do want to ask. So we, we have five questions, uh, and, and we usually do that at the end, but before we go over there, uh, what, is there anything that you want the listeners to know? Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you, or is there anything that you just want to let them know about trap geo or anything coming up? Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, one of my big ethoses in Web3 is this belief that, you know, Web3, you, you hear people say we're early all the time. And one yeah. thing that I think is true is that we're early from a standpoint that you can take a two-people group, three-person group, and start a company right now. And within a year, your company could be a household name within Web3. You look at something like Manifold. Manifold 
is two years old. That's it. Almost every artist in this space knows Manifold by name, knows their product. I mean, they are a household name in two years. That's insane. So when you have a unique idea in this space, pursue it. Like, if you're like, I want to do a drop that has these mechanics. Oh, none of the marketplaces have that? Go hunt down some devs. Pay your devs. Get it done. Uh, I've hired devs for three different projects now. Uh, I have them on the books for three more for this year already. Um, Because these unique things that you can build, if you build a cool mechanic for your drop and it's a hit, then you you may just open the door to be able to offer that mechanic to other people. Like this Trap Geo packs drop. If people like these randomized card packs as a way of doing additions, that could be the next how everyone does it, like how we've seen open editions right now. And what, it cost me like a couple ETH maybe to hire the devs, get a website up, everything. That's such a low cost for, at worst, you're providing it to the public and they can see it and other people can now look at my contract to replicate it. And at best, I could start a company using that as some of the IP for it. Yo, you brought up some great points right there, Kat. Um, You know, this space is evolving quick, but it's very easy to become a household name quick, just as quick here. Um, We've seen it happen again. I mean, most of the, the household names in NFTs, these are not companies that have already been around. I mean... Five years ago, I did you know you did not know what board, what a board ape was or a cool cat was or, or certain people you didn't know none of that stuff. So, I mean, what you're doing, I ain't gonna lie. Whenever you as soon as you mentioned the pack drop, I was like, oh shit, he has he actually piqued my interest right away just off the the drop mechanic of it. And you know you've actually looked into it. So I mean, I think you raise some good things, and I'm very curious to see if anyone else takes this like model and puts it into their own thing. Cause it's a very good opportunity because three random pieces in one pack, it gives, it gives me the, like the thought of cards again for one. I love trading cards. So that right there already makes me want to get it from that aspect. And then just the fact that I can get three of your pieces in one and then like still collect, bro, there's so much going on. So, but, and even before we go over, what made you think of that? Like, was that just something that came to your mind or, did someone mention that to you? Um, so I have not released any additions for sale in about a year and a half. I've done a couple airdropped editions, uh, and that's about it. And when I heard about open editions starting to catch on, and I've bought plenty of them from other people, I personally didn't see open edition as something I wanted for me. Uh, and it's like, well, if open edition isn't for me, I guess I could just put out an edition and I'm building a collection and I want to do some additions for people, but just saying like, Hey, here's 10 pieces I made. They're each going to be additions of 15. That sounds very boring. (laughs) I, I mean, like it just sounds status quo. Like there are a hundred artists at least who have done, Oh, I made a set of additions. You can buy which ones you like. Uh, and so why not just take it a step further, I guess? No, I like that because it sounds like 
bro, there's a lot of things you could have done where it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's already been done. I can just follow them, do the same. You're more or less kind of wanting to push it, though. You're kind of, you know, if you see something that you want to do, you're like, why can't I do that? Or why can't I go have that made or get that done? Or why can't we drop it like this or try it like this? I think that's what's needed, bro. I mean, if we if we just keep doing the same things, how are we ever going to evolve? How are we ever going to do something different? Um, so who knows? Maybe Cat Russell is the, the visionary mind that we needed in this space, bro. Like, I, th- I think you're I think you're the visionary we needed, man, for real. Uh, <laughs> because a lot of the things you've said, I mean, they're things that haven't even crossed my mind, things that I, I definitely wouldn't have thought of randomly. Um, but well, I was in crypto for a long time before NFTs. And oh, were, were you? That was. I started in about 2017. Oh, damn. Okay. My man's uh, been in the scene. But, you know, the reason I like the NFT scene specifically and me being a creator in it is when I look at, you know, buying a random shit coin, like it's it's definitely gambling. Uh, it's educated <laughs> gambling. You can go, you can do your own research, you can stare at charts, etc. But none of that's in your control. And so I've always been telling artists, like, invest in yourself. That's why I like hiring devs for my drops is, yeah, it does cost upfront money. But this is a gamble that I control most of the factors of. I control what the art I'm going to be selling on this gamble looks like. I control the drop mechanics of it. I control the timing, the price. All of those things, like I'm doing the marketing and social media for it. You know, if it fails, that's on me. That's not on, you know, some weird thing like, oh, well, the price of ETH was going down or anything like that. Like, no, I get to control all the rules for this and I get to cause it to succeed or fail. So I should invest in it and make sure it succeeds. I agree 100%. I definitely feel like one of the best, if if not the best, investment you can make is yourself uh, because you have full control. Like that is, you are the only one that knows how you feel, what you want and what you want to do. No one else can tell you or take that away. Like that's your own control. So, I mean, I agree, man. And, and not only that, I'm very, very excited to see how this drop goes for you because I know you're not someone who is, just all about money. I know that's not what this drop is about. Like you, you legitimately bust your ass to, to make these pieces because for one, I mean, you like art, but like, I just always had this sense about you that you just want people to create what they enjoy and, and you enjoy what you do. And this has just been like a really good way for you to express yourself. So to, to see this drop finally happen, to know how much time, you've put into it and <laughs> what you do at home just little bitty knife paper over and over over again consistency consistency bro i have nothing but the utmost respect for you seriously well i appreciate that <laughs> absolutely man absolutely we're gonna we're gonna jump over to these five questions now now with the five questions um you know they're gonna be life nft you can answer it however you want to some may be a little hard some may be easy but to start it off, uh, I always want to ask, what is the most important thing to you in your life? Um, I guess right now it is focusing on identifying what makes me happy. Uh, 
that that's a question that I think took 30 years of my life to figure out I should even be asking. And, you know, the past couple years have been focused on trying to identify the answer. Uh, I haven't found the answer yet, but I think I've been getting closer and that's a good first step. Dude. I mean, that's, it's a first step. And not only, like you said, it's a hell of a first step because I mean, there's people that go their whole life and never ask that question. Um, they don't teach you to ask that question. I mean, everything about my life up until I was 34 was focused on, you know, you go to this school because that will get you a good job. You work the good job because that'll get you money. Yeah. The good job is stressful, but that's because it has money. And like, then when you're looking at back at it, it's like, wow, I literally was spending all of that time being stressed and not enjoying myself because that was the path that was the status quo. You're a thousand percent right. And the thing is like, I think the, the phrase is often like living, living the same year 27 times in a row isn't living a life. It's just ma- maintaining. And the thing is like, it's something similar to that. And it's just, I, I sat back and I thought about something similar this one day and I was just like, yo, like it has to be just more than going to college, getting a regular job five days out of the week. I'm off on the weekends and then just repeat that until I die. There's no way. There's just no way. That's just like all that this is about. No, can't, can't believe that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm kind of in the same boat, like trying to find what, what I really enjoy, what my happiness is, but you're right. They don't teach you to ask that you're kind of just put in this mode of, of the same repetition, you know, just, Oh yeah, just do what everybody else is doing. You'll, you'll get the hang of it. And then yeah, you'll be fine. You're an adult. Boom, Start a family. Uh, there was well, a, a study that I heard a couple years ago and it was a study about the brain and how memories work. And essentially they discovered that your brain, when you go to bed at night, it looks through everything you did that day and anything that you like already have done a million times before, it just takes that memory and throws it out. It doesn't need to save it. Like it doesn't need to save cooking a chicken breast in the oven. Like it, you've done that. You have that memory. You're good on it. It doesn't need to save you working your nine to five job, doing the same repetitive tasks. And so you're not storing new memories. And that's why, when people are like, man, this year flew by. Well, that's because you don't have new memories built. So your actual experience of the past year, it feels like it flew by because there's nothing new in there. And once I heard that study, I was like, I should try to be effectively building new memories and trying new experiences. And so since hearing that, I do try to make an effort to like, if I'm out somewhere and someone's like, Hey, you want to go see this show? Yeah, let's just do it. Like when I was in Japan, there was somebody selling baby birds deep fried on a stick and I was walking by them. I was kind of hungry and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to buy those and eat those right now. Like why wouldn't I? And here I am three years later. I have that memory specifically because that's not a memory you get every day. No. And you know what? For one, Baby birds on a stick is a wild ass sentence to just throw out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you you make such a perfect point, bro. Like 
anytime, I mean, I want anyone listening to think about it. Like, I want you to think about your best year. Think about the best year you've ever had. And then think about how different that year was because of all the things you probably did in that year. Like, there was probably a bunch of firsts that went on for you or just a bunch of things that you got to got to do that you didn't do often. And, and just like Kat said, like those are sticking out to you for a reason because they're not something that you do every day, like making a chicken breast or going outside and throwing away trash. Like, and, and there has been times like, look at COVID. Everyone was like, oh yeah, like time flew. Well, we were all doing the same thing every single day. There was nothing new to do. You couldn't go do nothing new. So yeah, it did feel like time just flew right by. And that's, that's probably why, you know, you're going to make me like just go outside and start doing things like walking backwards around the block. So I can remember this Tuesday, uh, <laughs> in the week. I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a crazy thought though. That's a really good like study. And now I hope anyone listening to this do something different. I'm not saying you have to go out of your comfort zone, but just, just try to do something a little different. Make tomorrow or today, uh, a memory, you know, make, make sure you can remember all the stuff that we're doing. That's why I just bought a video camera, hundred dollar video camera. And now every night I like record videos and do like a little blog with myself. Just so in 20 years I can look back and be like, Oh, I remember that. Like even tonight I'm going to go and be like, yeah, I sat down with Kat Russell today in the year 2050. Hopefully um, I can, I can watch that video and be like, Oh shit. Like, 20 years ago, I sat down with Kat Russell on this day. Like, that's crazy. Like, um, but let me not ramble on. Let me go to the damn, only the second question. Uh, <laughs> what is an obstacle that you have overcome that has helped you get to where you are today? Um, I think just getting more used to this idea of a life in flux that, you know, I'm, I, I'm, more okay with just playing it by ear and hoping that with hard work and persistence, everything will come together. And you know what? I'm a, I think it will. I'm a firm believer of that too. Um, I've, I've just always thought, man, if I put in all this hard work, how, how could something not give, you know, if I, if I did something for so long and just gave my absolute all blood, sweat and tears and everything I really truly believed, how could something not give? I don't know. I guess that's only for time to tell, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all been coming together pretty good so far, so I remain optimistic. Dude, I, I'm, I'm such a, a piece of crap. So everyone listening in, you're probably, if, if you listen to this episode, I mean, this podcast more than once, you're probably thinking, bro, you're asking the five questions from season one. Uh, and I, I just looked down and I'm like, hold on, why are these questions like so these are hidden right now? And then I was like, hold on, these are the wrong questions. So you've given great answers to the first two. So I'll just do the last three from the second part of the questions. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, number number three was what is your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> um one of my biggest pet peeves is if I'm watching something with somebody they need to pay attention to what we're watching. If you are on your phone looking at memes or some crap and we're watching a movie, and then especially if you then ask me like, hey, what just happened? (laughs) That like, I don't know why. It just gets so under my skin. I I feel like 
I, I want to have the shared experience. So you need to be paying attention. Now this isn't as big as a pet peeve for me, but I, I have to admit there has, I think been once or twice where I was doing the same thing. And whenever I find videos, I have a very bad problem of really getting into them. So if someone's like, yo, let me see it with you or something, I want you to really watch it as if like we have a test on this afterwards. Like I need you to pay attention. Especially and, if I'm showing you a movie. Bro, right? Like and like taking bro. Okay. Ooh, I'm, I was about to get upset there. Um, but literally I had a friend that was like kind of similar. They was like, oh, what just happened? And I got so mad because it was one of those parts where you're like, yo, bro, pay, if if you're not going to pay attention, pay attention to this part right here. Like, this is the part I want you to see. Misses the freaking part and then says, oh, 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 rewind it real quick. I'm not rewind. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm turning it off. I'm turning the whole thing off. We're done with the movie. We're done with the show. I don't even want to watch it. You've ruined it for me now. And that's why if, if someone's like, yo, are you trying to show me a video? I'm like, are you are you sure? Like, are you going to watch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. like I'm I'm down <laughs> to show you a movie if you're gonna pay real good attention. Like I'm, I will quiz you on this after. Just be aware that you know this is what this is. Uh, but number four would be what do people misunderstand about Cat Russell most? Um. So you may notice that I don't post my personal picture of myself online. Uh, I consider myself pseudo anonymous. Like you run into me at a conference. It's just me. I'm like, Hey, this is me. If we're, if you're like, Hey, let's get a photo. I'll probably pull like a little mask over my face. And uh, a lot of people tend to come at back at that and they'll be like, well, you know, that's not really anonymous. Right. And it's like, yeah, I do. Uh, but I think there's like some very good things about anonymity and pseudo anonymity. Um, and they should be, things that we should be striving to maintain in the future. Uh, you know, the fact that somebody right now can post online while living in a totalitarian regime and post anonymously and not have to worry as much is great. And any push for the like, well, everybody should have their name or info attached that make us all know who we are great on paper, but it ruins the safety protocols and safety net that exists for these anonymous people. Uh, and many of them have legitimate reasons to be anonymous. And for me, like pseudo anonymity is good I because. Mean... Oh, well, uh, I like pseudo anonymity because to me, when you think about like anybody who's famous, like you can look them up, and you can see a million pictures of them. You know them to the point where, like, when they're walking through the grocery store, they get harassed, etc. Uh, I'm not famous. I'm just <laughs> Cat Russell, a guy who makes collages and lives out in Appalachia. But you, you never know, like, what could blow up when or why. And it's a, like, cat's out of the bag scenario. Like, if you've posted a million pictures of yourself, you can't take them back. You can't undo the web. So I like just being like, yeah, I don't mind meeting you in person, but I want a 0% chance that I'm walking through Walmart someday and some person's like, hey, you're that rich Ethereum guy. And I get fucking robbed. Like, no, I am good on that. 
hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, you're, you're that rich Ethereum guy. Um, yo, if anyone ever yells that to me in public, we have a, we have a problem. We're fucking uh, running. <laughs> we have a, we have a huge fucking problem. Um, <laughs> we need to evacuate immediately. But the thing is, you're not wrong, bro. And it really don't even take a lot of money for someone to get on some weird stuff. Um, especially, and it's very sad to say, especially if you're a female in this space, uh, it's very hard to live your, your daily life. I just saw a female artist get attacked earlier in her discord, unfortunately. Um, and it's just sad to see. And it's, you know, I do think that anonymity and, and not having to dox every time, like, yo, that's important. Um, I mean, look at the people from, B-A-Y-C, Board Ape. Now, I mean, doxing was their own thing. You know, that's their decision. But their life is never going to be the same now. Like, they can't they can't go certain places and, and just walk in the store. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're forever going to be the owners of B-A-Y-C and the ones that have this filthy amount of money. And I, could only, I, I don't know if I would really like that, having to operate in a world where everyone just sees me as this like dollar sign and, or that I just think that I'm better than someone. Like I just couldn't do that, bro. Couldn't do that. Yeah. There's a beauty of the fact that we are allowed a second existence on the web and it doesn't need to be a mirror match of our primary existence. I think that you can be a different good person on the web than you are in real life. They can both be good people, but they can have separate personalities to a degree. You know, in real life, I'm very introvert. Uh, when I go to conferences, though, you know, Cat's a pretty extrovert dude. Uh, and it's more just me, like, being that persona that I am online and treating it like a fantasy the few days I'm at the conference. But otherwise, like, my real me, he's a hermit that lives alone. I've left the house twice this year, and it's the 22nd. And I, like... <laughs> I don't go out, I don't see people, and I enjoy that. Uh, so both of those people, versions of me, can exist just fine. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's a great point. You bring a very great point. And it's even funnier because you told the, anyone listening in, you know, you heard Kat say a couple minutes ago that he he kind of don't show his face. And I, I thought that was so funny because as someone who has seen Cat Russell, uh, we're doing this episode right now, and his his video is not on. <laughs> so so I still can't see his face right now. Uh, and I think I've only seen it twice. So uh, he's, a, he's a very, very good-looking young man. And Cat, uh, bro, I've had a blast doing this. Uh, oh, <laughs> let me not get ahead of myself. We have one last question. Uh, yeah, hit me. If you won $10 million, what in the hell would you spend it on? Do you think you would know? Yeah, uh, I'd pay off my <laughs> hundreds of thousands of law school debt. I pay off my house. I would set up one thirty-two Ethereum staking node. Uh, I'd buy a lot of art, and I'd support my mom because she needs some support. Absolutely, beautiful thing, beautiful answer. Uh, it definitely sounds like someone just ans- uh, asked you this question about thirty minutes ago because you had that answer ready, locked and loaded. You were like, "Oh, ten mil? Yeah, that's easy. Let me give it to you real quick." Uh, <laughs> so that was wild. I never had someone just easily answer it that quickly. But that concludes the five questions: two from last season, three from this season, because I'm an idiot. 
But Kat, bro, I'm so excited. You know, we've been talking for we're right at the hour mark. We will be trying to get this uploaded to where um, as y'all hear this, I want to say Trap Geo will be dropping tomorrow uh, and we will be using this episode. Hopefully we do a spaces tomorrow as well. Um, And I'm just really excited, bro, to see what you're doing. So before we head out of here fully, can you let the people know where to find you on social media? Yeah, uh, I pretty much only exist on Twitter. It's cat underscore Russell underscore. Um, you may find me floating around some discords or telegrams, but Twitter's the place. My DMs are open. And trapgeo.xyz on Tuesday will be the website to go to. Ooh, man. Um, I'm excited, bro. Like I said, I'm super excited. You've been working super hard on this. Um We've been friends for a while now, and I'm just so happy to see what you've been able to create. I want to see a ton of people support you. So, I mean, anyone listening, if you can, I highly encourage you to go support my main cat, Russell. Uh, anytime I post these episodes, I do always leave the social medias like in the description. So you can go check out cat. You can go check out his art and be sure to check out everything that he's doing in the future, too, because uh, my man's not just dropping trap geo and then disappearing my man's sticking around for a long haul he's gonna be around he's gonna be creating for a while so cat once again i can't thank you enough oh if you don't mind please stick around a couple seconds after we end Uh, i got some things for you but man thank you so much uh is there anything you want to say to the people before we go no um you know it's been a real wild ride of two years uh i'm excited to see what the next few years have in store and sniper it's always a pleasure chatting oh yeah i'm very happy to see what you have in store two years is about to turn into 20 uh and you're gonna be some absolutely amazing goat that i'll be seeing in museums or something bro and if not uh i went wrong somewhere so (laughs) cat it was an honor man Uh, i'm super excited for your drop and those listening in thank you for listening Uh, I greatly appreciate the support and we will be trying to push out episodes every single week. So uh, until the next one, peace out and uh, y'all have a great week. See you guys.